The door is open, the hearth is lit, but you don't hear the familiar greeting you've come to expect from the innkeeper. The air is filled with the same warmth and welcome, but there are new smells from the kitchen and new sounds from the stage. And that's when the memory strikes you. The keeper is far to field, and those who wander have come home. You settle in for a new experience from one of the wandering bards. So Grevnegleg the Red and Farstarble and myself, we walk through the door. And on the other side, it's not a very big room, but suddenly the walls kind of start to shake and they burst open. They burst, they burst open and skeletons start coming out of these little alcoves in the wall all over the place. I have a couple of seconds. I look at the two of them, at my barbarian and my ranger, and you can tell we're kind of, we're communicating, you know, trying to formulate a plan because this is like, we're like north of a dozen skeletons at this point. I have my concerns. From behind me, I hear this mumbling sound and I turn and for a split second, I see our mage, and he's waving his arms around, and he's mum- I, I don't really understand what he does, to be honest, he's mumbling, and then he, he makes this one final motion, and this one final sound, and I, and I, I realize, um, in that moment, I've seen this before, fireball, he's done this before, I, I, I recognize this from our, our last big encounter with, I want to say it was 37 trolls or something, I don't remember, it's been a while. And that's normally fine. I normally have no objection when he fireballs things. It's it's good. It's helpful. This room is like, I don't know, 15 feet square or something. Yeah, there's like 14 enemies in there by now because they just keep pouring out of this, these spaces in the walls. But there's also the three of us. And and there's like a half second where the ranger and the barbarian and I make eye contact and we all dive out of the way. And I don't get hit, which is good. Ranger doesn't get hit. Also good. Barbarian gets hit, but he's like, I've seen him get hit with like seven arrows in succession, and it doesn't really seem to bother him, so he's fine. All the skeletons are gone, and I just turn, and I just turn, and I look behind me, and I'm like, what? And, he's, and, and the mage looks at me, and he's like, wait, what? What? I'm like, dude, we were right here. Do you see how small this room is? What, what you, and he just he cuts me off and he just looks me dead in, dead in the eyes. Grevenarn the bald looks at me dead in the eyes and says, "I didn't ask how big the room was. I I, I cast fireball. That's what I do. It it I I still don't really. Yes, I know I smell like smoke now. It's it's okay. It's okay. I'm fine. Everyone's fine. I still smell a little like smoke. This was only four days ago. Oh oh hey come in come in come in. I just no 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 you." I just, I finished that story. Come here, come here, sit down, sit down. The bard, the, do- the dwarf, he, he'll be back. He, he's not gone. He'll be back. He's just taking a break. Just, you know, he had some stuff he needed to deal with. Ask a few of us to swing by, cover the bard and Bible for him. No problem. Happy to. I need a break from the road, clearly. I, oh, oh, so I, I apologize. I, I didn't do that, so to speak. My name is Ruach. I'm a shepherd of sorts, I guess. That's how I refer to myself. I, uh, I kind of, I wander around as an adventurer, helping people, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, so, when the dwarf asked me to come by, sure, why not? I need a break, 
I close smell like smoke. Bad experience with a fireball. It happens. No, no, no. You don't. You don't want to hear that one. It's. I'm making more of it than it really is. I got. You know. You want to hear a story? I've got a story for you. It's sort of. Sort of like that last one. So have you heard of Jonah? You've probably heard of Jonah. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no. That one. That one. The Nineveh one. Right. You've heard of him. No, but not. Not the stuff with the tree, and the. The actual whole Nineveh repents and everything. Yeah, no, 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 not that part. Not that part. Before that part. How is that like? No, no, just, I'll, I'll get there. It, trust me, it's like the fireball thing. Just go with me on this. So it, it strikes me kind of weirdly, but I truly do see Jonah sort of like the mage from the meme. And ask how big the room was. I said I cast fireball. It shows, the, the meme, as funny as it is, because I'm sure this happened in some gaming group at some point, someone showed a disregard for their compatriots, a disregard for what they knew was probably correct, and did their own thing. If you go look at, at Jonah's story, because I, I did this, because I just wanted to look it over, particularly the later part, and if you go look at this, it goes very quickly. You're, you're only at verse 3 of chapter 1 of the book of Jonah, and Jonah's already just full sent at the opposite direction. He has done his own thing. God says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. That is verse 2. By verse 3, Jonah is gone. <laughs> but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He just, God hadn't even, because I feel like God had had some kind of discussion with Jonah before. I don't really know the history of Jonah. But I feel like if God's asking him to go to Nineveh, he's probably asked Jonah to do other things in the past. He knows Jonah will do these things. But this time Jonah's just not, nope. He's just gone. God doesn't even finish the sentence, and Jonah's already out the door. The second he heard the word Nineveh, which is only like six words into that sentence, Jonah's out the door. No interest. VeggieTales version or otherwise, Jonah doesn't stick around long. He full sends it the other direction. And I, I, think, it's, I think it's really interesting to watch Jonah, because it doesn't take long he, he full sends it, ends up on the boat. They end up in the storm. And he, Jonah knows good and well he's making the wrong choice. God asked him to do something. He's going to do the exact opposite. He knows, he knows this is a bad idea. And he even, if you go, if you look further down, verse 10. The, the men on the ship are trying to figure out where the storm's coming from. They're asking Jonah. Jonah's explaining to he, who he is, who he worships. And, and there's this thing in parentheses in this verse, at least in the, in the New International Version. It says, they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. Jonah is so, I, I don't know what possesses him to do this, but he is so blatantly honest with the people in this ship. It's like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to do business. Where are you going? I'm going to see family. Where are you going? I'm running from God. He knows. He knows exactly what's happening. Jonah knows exactly what he's doing. I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And oh, by the way, I'm running headlong in the opposite direction from him. Because surely that'll work. I can get away from God. Jonah's pretty much, I think, already realized that's not what happens. Jonah's this... The, when, when you read through it, Jonah's this confusing character to me. He... 
He knows, because God told him, what it is he's supposed to be doing. He knows why he's supposed to be doing it. He, he knows exactly what God wants done. But either he's not interested because he's afraid and he runs, or, or once, once he gets there, he does what God tells him to. He goes to the people of Nineveh, calls them out on everything God's commanded him to. Well, it takes him three days. He makes this three-day journey through the city to cover the whole city and say, Hey, you've angered God. And the people of Nineveh are like, you know what? You're right. They get it. They do. The king immediately calls for fasting, repenting. Everybody's wearing sackcloth. They get it. And God says, cool, you get it. I'm going to spare you. You've, you've, you've learned God forgives is what God does. When we seek forgiveness, God forgives. And this, for some reason, again, Jonah, Jonah knows God. Presumably, Jonah, Jonah's being sent by God to do this. He knows God. He knows what God's about. He knows what God does. And then God says, you know what? I forgive Nineveh. It's okay. I forgive you guys. We're, we're going to work on this. Obviously, I'm, I'm paraphrasing there. And then Jonah gets mad. And, and once again, he, he, this time he, he doesn't ignore what God says. He ignores who God is. And, and he's upset now. He, he's out of the belly of the well. And he is upset. We're, we've made it all the way to chapter 4 of Jonah. And Jonah's upset because God isn't going to actually punish them. Ver, verse 2 of chapter 4. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to foretell by... F this is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. Jonah gets it. A God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. He is so angry that God is compassionate that he would rather die. And, and God immediately just says, is it right for you to be angry? And at this point, Jonah's just kind of done and he, and he walks away. God plants the tree for him. The tree gives him shade. And then the next day, the tree withers. Jonah gets angry again. And God says, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And Jonah says, it is. And I am so angry, I wish I were dead. Verse 10, the last, verse, last two verses of the book of Jonah. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have... And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? The chapter, the, the whole book, just ends there. Presumably, I hope, Jonah realizes he's a little out of line, we'll say, and that God's right, and that he's missing the point. He's running away from the point, and that's sort of my point. Sometimes it's very hard to tell what God's will is for our lives. Sometimes it's pretty blatantly obvious. God may not directly come and tell you to go somewhere. I don't know that he's ever verbally, you know, given me instructions in that manner. I don't know that he, he will for most of us. But I think we usually know, in, in at least a lot of situations, what it is God wants from us. What it is God expects. And yet... Despite the fact that we know God, 
hopefully we love God. We're, we're saved. We're trying to follow his plans and his word and his will for our lives as his children and his, and his disciples. Despite knowing exactly what God wants, we flee to Tarshish. And then, and then we realize, and we do the right thing. But I can't help but wonder, and, and truly, honestly, I'm just talking to myself, why there are so many times when we know the right thing, that we, that we know what God wants, that we don't do it. We ignore God. We ignore what is best, not just for ourselves, but also like, like the mage and the mean, we ignore what's best for others. Maybe not blatantly the, the safety of others in, in that kind of sense, but whether it's physical or emotional or from a mental health perspective, we ignore God's will and we ignore what's best for other people because something holds us back. Something scares us. I've got to assume Jonah was just afraid that I, I can't really understand what causes Jonah to just full send it the opposite direction. What what prompts this man to so bluntly do the exact opposite of what God asked him? Uh, that it just that he just runs away rather than rather than do it, and and you know maybe not physically running, but I've done it myself. We know, I think, in a lot of cases, what it is God wants from us, and. We run the opposite direction. Maybe we're afraid of the situation it'll put us in. Maybe we're afraid of, as Hector said recently, being seen. I know I've been there. Maybe what we want is just the exact opposite of what God's just asked us to do. And I get it. Those moments are hard. I've had plenty of them. <laughs> Far more than I should have. I, I, it's difficult. And I want to tell you to just, to just gather everything within yourself and, and follow, listen, trust him and, and do what God's asking you. But I've not done it plenty of times myself, so I get it. I do. I understand why it's hard. I understand the fear, the reluctance, or just your own desire to do literally anything else. And I am going to try and encourage you. I am going to try and, and get you to not run away and, and hop on that boat and flee through Joppa for, for Tarshish. Because you and I both know, I, I certainly do, that when we're running the opposite away from what God calls us to, we're hurting ourselves. We're forestalling God's plans. Not that he didn't know how we were going to respond in the first place. I, I get that. 
but we may also legitimately be hurting others. The times it's been the easiest to see just how wrong I was to not listen are the times where I'm not the one who suffers the consequences, who has to deal with the fallout of whatever it was I didn't do. When you truly see how things, the things God asks you to do, affect others, or ask you, frankly, not to do, affect others, it's a lot easier to see and understand why God was asking you to, to do or to not do that thing, to go to Nineveh, or not to go to see that movie, not to open that website, to go to church, to not hang out with those friends, to not make those decisions about what you would eat or drink. It, it can be big things or it can be little things. I mean, I think we get that. And I think sometimes we have to I think there's two things, really. We have to, I don't want to say look at or, or look past, but that we have to remember because it's, if God's asking us to do it, he's asking us to do it with a real reason and a real purpose for his kingdom, for his will, for our future. And the second thing is for the future of others, how those things don't just affect us. I mean, this was entirely not about Jonah. This was entirely not about the mage who casts fireball. It's about me and the two other adventurers in that room. It's about the entire city of Nineveh and all those fishermen and sailors on that boat. I may sound a little harsh here, and I, and I don't intend that, but Sometimes we do really have to kind of pull back and, and try and see the big picture, try and see where God's sending us, try and see what his point is. And it's it's easier after the fact. I, I get that. But there are those moments where sometimes it doesn't matter how afraid you are. Or how uncomfortable you're going to be. Because let's be honest, a lot of times in my own life, that's what it is. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Or I just don't want to be bothered. But as soon as you make it... As soon as you make it about other people, it's a lot harder to continue down that path of, of not listening, not following him, not doing what you clearly see God wants you to do or not doing the things you clearly know God would rather you didn't. It, it's interesting. I think I see, I, I see Jonah. I see me and Jonah. I see Jonah and me. I get it. I get, you know, it, it seems so obvious to us in hindsight. Well, I mean, it's what God was asking for. Just, it's just, it's just Nineveh. Just go. It shouldn't, I get it. I do. But I'd rather in my own life not have to look back on those moments from God 
or at least not look back on them in hindsight. I'd rather not have to look back on them in hindsight. I'd rather look at them in the moment and say, I see it, God. Or maybe even if I don't, I'm just going to have to trust you. And it requires stepping out of your comfort zone, stepping out into the unknown, into that place that literally only God can see. Only God knows. Only God is at all aware of, of what's going to happen in those moments that lead up to and, and follow whatever it is he's asking for, those moments even just right after. Sometimes you have to look ahead and see what you think will happen or see why you think God wants you to do something. But ultimately, I think we just have to trust God to to set aside the fear, the anger, the concern, our own personal comfort, and either go do the thing or set aside what others are, will think of us and not go do the thing, which whichever it is in those moments. It's difficult. It's a challenge. But it's doable. It's it's doable because it's for God. Because it's what God is, is calling us in those moments, big or small, short term or from now to eternity, what it is he's calling us to do. Those are the moments that are challenging. In those moments, God's calling us to do something for someone, whether it's for ourselves or not. And those moments may be very small or very big, like I said, but they're impactful. And that impact can't be overlooked. It can't be underestimated. We ain't need to listen. And I'm, I'm, I realize just how much I haven't and just how much I'm going to need to take my own advice from the last 20 some odd minutes in, in what it is I'm, I'm trying to show you guys from talking about Jonah and it's hard because I know how much I've not done it and how hard it is for me too sometimes because I either just can't be bothered or I'm afraid but sometimes all the time when it's God that doesn't matter so that's Jonah that's that's the man of Nineveh that's before Nineveh that's the fireball moment and I think those moments are interesting. Those moments, those are the stories that we got to really dig into and look at because it's it's not just, look, yeah, I smell like smoke now. Yeah, I wasn't thrilled with the mage in that moment. Everybody's okay. And it worked out. And for Jonah, everyone in Nineveh was okay. He He did what Yahweh, what God called him to do. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that story. I've got more. I'm going to be here for a little little bit longer. Someone else is going to be coming in soon until the uh till Mike the dwarf comes comes back through the area until the dwarf makes his reappearance back here at the Burden Bible. I've got more stories. I'm going to be here a little while longer and hey. Oh, you two got to go. You have a good night. It's cold out there. Put on the extra furs. Take care of yourself before you go. Let me leave you with a blessing. It's my mother's favorite. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. We'll see you again until we're back next time here at the Barton Bible.